0: Hi, and welcome to the Motorsport 101 Sprint Mode Podcast. Quick, King, five seconds. What did you make of the Hamilton Verstappen incidents? Don't know. Watch LGP instead. Uh, good idea. Cam, what did you make of Charles Leclerc? <sighs> Hurry up! <sighs>
1: the DN- I'm DNFing from the sprint.
2: Yeah. RJ, what did you think of the sprint race itself? Hatsune Miku car got 100 races on the board.
0: Excellent. See you next week. <sighs> Somehow, I don't think that'll catch on on TikTok. But uh, welcome to episode 314 of the Motorsport 101 podcast. The pie episode. I've always wanted to call it that. It's the pie episode. for two decimal places. But it counts. And, um, well, well, you know why you're here. <laughs> we all you know why we're here. That's right. We all we're know why here. we're here. to try
2: Motorsport 101's pie.
0: <laughs> Just like the Rock Four, um, no. But even so, let's say biggest Formula One title flashpoint since maybe Germany 2018. Something most in that most toxic
2: post race discourse since MotoGP Ever? Malaysia 2015. Oh,
1: that's I, I don't know. I rem- I was in those I-, I was in those front lines in the Mercedes social media at the end of 2016
0: it it's up there. The, the fact we had to mention the kick is up there because that that had prime ministers chipping into to the debates on that one. Um, it was a rough time for the world of two wheels, but this one this one is up there. Uh, it it had been coming, it had been teased, but uh, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton did their own version of when worlds collide at cops during the, the first lap of a otherwise pretty tame British Grand Prix, but it doesn't really matter how tame the race was. We all know why we're here. This was what we've all been waiting for. It seemed almost inevitable. The flashpoint is here. The reset button almost for this championship. And uh, sadly, involved Max Verstappen hitting a barrier at 51 times the force of Earth's gravity, um, which uh, wasn't good for his leg. Thankfully, he's okay. But, uh... Oh boy, we have a lot to break down on this one. Uh, it's like it's like it's the like I, said, I joked about this on Twitter. It's the shortest set list I've ever written for a podcast. That I'm not sure that's a good or a bad thing, but we'll get into all of that in the next hour or so. But with me as always, Ryan Eric King. Hello, sir. Mm.
3: Yeah, I I, <laughs> I didn't think we'd be doing a podcast after. <laughs> Uh, Well, I didn't think we'd be doing a a podcast in the wake of, oh, uh, Lewis Hamilton's back in the championship fight, but at what cost? (laughs)
0: All our sanities, <laughs> by, by the sounds of it. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's essentially a new championship if you look at the scoreboards. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, with me as always, RJ O'Connell. Hello, sir.
2: Do you see my eyes? Do you see the bags under my eyes? Do you see how sleep I slept Look, that's, that's what mm. these last 72 hours have done to me as a human being and as an enjoyer of Formula One. I mean, among things we're not going to talk about, um, today are a Williams scoring a top 10 finish in what looked like a race but pays no points uh, we're not going to be talking about uh, one Honda powered car scoring points, well actually that ties into one of the things we are going to talk about we're not going to be talking about a Sergio Perez last first challenge that did not happen we're probably not going to be talking about Daniel Ricciardo's best race since he joined McLaren None. Probably not going to be talking All about... All of the best things that happened, like, in a race that was, apart from the thing that we're going to talk about first on this episode, a solid 4 out of 10 British Grand Prix. Mm.
0: <sighs> yeah. It's it's sad, because, I'll, I'll say this in the intro, Charles Leclerc had arguably a drive-of-the-season contender. I barely mentioned his name in this script. And that's a bummer because mm, I wanted to talk about that at length, but it it, it all pales in sig- in significance. isn't that right, Cam? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's merely a drop in the bucket. You know, yeah. in a weekend where we had NASCAR perhaps having their most embarrassing in in race moment since
0: 2008.
1: Yeah, I was on there. Um, doing their best, IndyCar 2011 at NHMS cosplay mm. in a weekend that showed us that Lama is probably going to be a meltdown with cars not even making a six hour distance at Monza those didn't even make the set list nope everything in the motorsport world paled in comparison to two cars going into a very fast corner and only one of those cars coming out of that very fast corner
2: I even appealed to them to talk about the pull-to-win victory for Team Kunamitsu and Super GT this past weekend.
0: but just couldn't find the time. This was non-negotiable. Yeah. I've barely got <laughs> enough time to say congrats to the Milwaukee Bucks on their first championship in 50 years. Congrats to Yanis, all-round likable superstar. Congrats to him and the Bucks. Um, over 50, over 10. <laughs> <laughs> What a monster. <laughs> what a monster. Congrats to the Bucks. Um, and, and, you know, we chat basketball in the intro, everyone sort of have to get that one in there. Congrats to the Bucks, congrats to Yanis, congrats to the people in Milwaukee. That's a, an awesome dub for those guys over there. Um, shout out to the Eastern Conference. Good, good to see you bring one home. Um, <laughs> we, take back back the MVP,
2: we take back the fraudulent MVP
0: ribs. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, get rid of that shit. So, yeah. There's only four bullet points in my entire script for this week, and uh, yeah, one of them is the incident, and the other one is related to the incident, and we'll talk about the sprint race in a little bit, but well, it's not a you race. I, it's
2: not a yeah. race.
1: <laughs> Apparently, it
0: <is> sprint qualifying. <laughs> <clears throat> But but we had have to shorten it down to sprint because we have to say it faster. But apparently it's not a race, even though you could tell that Crofty and Brundle were trying every opportunity to call it a race. Even though it absolutely definitely wasn't a race on paper. I'm confusing myself now. Let me get let me get the housekeeping out of the way before I end up putting my tongue in the knot. Um <laughs> Places you can find us real quick, we're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport one oh one. If you want even more discussion about and dialogue about this after the podcast, I did a hangout um on, on Monday night, the day after the Grand Prix. It was the most watched stream in the history of Motorsport 101. So thank you all so much, if you haven't if you checked that out already. Um, we had seventy-two people in it watching at one point, which is Insane. So, um, thank you all so much, everyone that's tuned in for that. that that's a, the, the replay that is available in full if you haven't checked that out already. Um, subscribe, hit the like button if you haven't already, and all of that good stuff. Thank you. There you go. Our a visual aid from a, gl- a glamorous assistant, RJ O'Connell. We love that. Um, we're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter at motorsport101. Um, and if you want to fire personal handles you can at Harrison101HD at RJ O'Connell at Ryan Eric King and at Buckley 917 also I've to mention shout out to you Facebookers there are over 500 likes on the Facebook page now So thank you hey. to all the Facebookers that have come over much appreciated stick around um, much appreciated We're on Instagram at Motorsport101pod and if you really like, like us you can back us financially on Patreon patreon.com forward slash Motorsport101 five dollars gets you early access to all of the audio versions of the show you can Upgrade to 10 bucks for the video versions in full and access to the supporters club of our Discord server where you can listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded. I can put this off no longer. (laughs) Let's talk the British Grand Prix. You know what this is the biggest single highlight of the 2021 Formula One season so far. Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, two into the apex of cops, only one left you know what happened next. Max Verstappen hurtles into the barrier a force of 51 Gs. Thankfully, he was fine after a short check-up at Coventry Hospital was released on the same night. Hamilton was tagged with a 10-second time penalty uh, for causing a collision. In a furious comeback after they only ran the only round of stops on the day, he would make up a good 11 seconds on the uh, net race leader Charles Leclerc, passing him with just under three laps to go to take his fifth win of the season his eighth british grand prix victory extending his record for more home wins than anybody else but we all know that the post race of coverage was brutal uh, fans on both sides clashing heavily on social media lewis hamilton was racially abused on his instagram page and on the mercedes instagram page in the ensuing aftermath Many were to blame Red Bull for fanning the flames of the situation. Horner, Christian Horner, Red Bull team principal, labeling Hamilton as dirty, saying you, you don't put a wheel there at cops. Uh, Max doubled down when he hit Instagram after the race had finished. Quote, Glad I'm okay. Very disappointed of being taken out like this. The penalty given does not help us and doesn't do justice to the dangerous move Lewis did on track. Watching the celebrations whilst they're in hospital is disrespectful and unsportsmanlike behaviour. But we move on. Goes without saying, here, folks. Uh, what did you make of the incident first and foremost? Who do you reckon was to blame? And was ten seconds the right call from the stewards?
3: Uh, honestly, despite everything that happened on social media, I
1: genuinely feel it was the right call. Agreed. Um, Um, that's, that incident is Lewis's fault all day, every day, twice on Sunday, and every other day, too. Um, they entered the corner. Max turns in for the corner. Lewis turns in for the corner. Lewis, having been pinched towards the wall by Max on the lead up to cops, he doesn't have a whole lot of room to work with.
3: Well, even though you can say he wasn't. And you can see, Verstappen makes the move first, and Lewis still chooses to go to the inside
0: regardless. Yeah, just, uh, yeah he goes yeah, to the line. he, he, he
1: to say he sold him the dummy, but really, actually, Lewis could have picked either line. Yeah. Because Max commits to the outside line after Lewis commits to the inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lewis entered the corner too fast at way too narrow and shallow of an angle. He turned in, and the front of the car just didn't bite. And he understeered out into Max's line. Um the mental gymnastics I saw on social media to try and claim that Max should have, he should have expected Lewis to miss the corner. Therefore <laughs> he should have been given more than what was already what would be considered racing room. Cleansing. is ridiculous. Yeah.
3: Because at the end of the day, it's pretty much, it's in the international sporting code, Not, a, not only F1's regulations, but for all motorsport, uh, it's it's on it's on the overtaking car to avoid contact.
1: Yeah, and Lewis Lewis was ahead, and then realized, shit, I'm not going to make the corner at the angle I'm going in at, and backed off a little bit. Didn't break, but let off the throttle, and Max got ahead, and they hit left front tire to our left front uh, the front wing of Lewis's car to the right rear tire of Max. Stripped a tire off the rim and just sent Max uh, flying off through the gravel. The gravel, which did a uh, sweet fuck all to slow Max's car down, because mm, uh, you nasty. can't rake you can't rake gravel upwards to slow cars down if motorcycles are racing at the same track. If you want to know why, you can Google it. I'm not going to detail it here.
0: Nope. <sighs> yeah, this was a, a desperation
2: no, maneuver. Uh, from Lewis Hamilton, because about 24 hours ago, we saw what looked like a race, what was structured like a race, but it's totally not a race where nobody was making any moves. And from the first lap, Lewis Hamilton saw an opportunity that it could finally get past Max Verstappen and leave him to just sit in turbulent
1: air for the next 52 lap, because if he
2: didn't get around him on the first lap, that was going to happen to him.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and... Another piece of this is that Matt Lewis has been pretty generous with Max because Max is an aggressive driver. He's been so since before he got into Formula One. He's going to put his car generally in a place where if you try to take the corner, you're going to have an accident. The Ayrton Senna Classic. Earlier this year, Lewis could do that. He could let Max go and hunt him back down via the Merc's superior tire wear and race pace.
0: Did Now,
1: now... If Max leads lap one, he is going to drive off into the distance, and there is no living to fight another day, because there is no fight. Right. This despite a heavily upgraded Mercedes. They brought, near as enough, a B-spec car this weekend. Lewis got not pull. He got pre-pull <laughs> for the pre sprint qualifying qualifying Speed session King. Uh, Max got by on the first lap of the sprint race and drove away yeah. Mercedes just, brought just a heavily out. revised car and it didn't make a damn difference All
0: right. yeah that that should be an alarm bell ringing in the camp of Mercs regardless of this weekend is that in the sprint race they were thoroughly outclassed um, and we'll get to more of that in a minute I mean I, I can't disagree with much of what Cam has said uh, shout out to JB in the chat from our, on our supporters chat saying that, yeah, one thing that not a lot has mentioned on social media, uh, the inside line down, the old pit straight was really dusty. You could see the dust that Lewis's car picks up. He should have known he had less, he should have had less grip on entry. It I, I completely agree with RJ. It was a desperation heave because it's a different ball game when the scoreboard says minus 32 next to your name. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've got two rounds left before the summer break. And... There would be a, It wouldn't be preposterous to have Verstappen have nearly two races in hand going into the break. That's right. If that yeah, was going to well, hold like,
1: up, if if Max leads into maggots and Beckett's, it's probably that, over. That's it. That's, that's it. This race is
2: yeah, over. I, and yeah, I, say I didn't say it was a deliberate. Because no, I, I think not. that's no, was, one of the things not. that I think people have gotten twisted. I know MV33 Twitter is going to be in their feelings about this. Of course they are. Anybody who's a Max <laughs> Verstappen or a man, or anybody who's just somebody who's sick and tired of Lewis Hamilton winning is going to feel that this is the most unfucking fair thing that's ever happened in a motorsport ever. Where Lewis Hamilton gets to send another driver to the hospital while he goes on to win the race and Max Verstappen's just lying there in critical condition in the ICU. With 12 paramedics or however the fuck they twisted it, I mean, look, yeah, that, that feels bad. And that feels unfair with how easily Matt Lewis was able to make back up the 10-second penalty. Because, yeah, when they admit, when the Sewards administered the 10-second penalty, how were they supposed to know that this would come at a time where Lewis Hamilton was able to actually cut his way through all the traffic that didn't exist? That's why they don't punish Look, they, based on the outcome of the results, and I hope they yeah, never get to they. that point. None. It's yeah, not like the NHL where them. they double. It's not like the NHL where they double where they institute double minors depending on whether or not a guy's face is busted open or not.
1: None. The the times that the FIA has officiated based on outcome have been some of the most legendary flashpoints in F one stewarding imaginable. Yeah,
0: we don't want
1: that. 1989 Japan, anybody?
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah.
1: So, it, it, it wasn't deliberate. It was just, it's just desperation was, and foolishness. It was a that's desperation was. move
2: that came off wrong. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I because just it. as well, Lewis Hamilton is lucky as hell that did not snap his front wing off in the middle of a 185-mile-per-hour corner. Yeah, that's yeah. for it could have very... They could have very easily both ended up in an enormous crash. I saw that crash was also
3: Lewis was also really lucky. A red flag came out, meaning that any damage he had on his car could be
1: repaired. Yeah, he had a a cracked um, wheel rim.
0: Yeah, Merckx said themselves if it wasn't for the red flag, they would have retired Hamilton's car right there and then. So uh, the red flag literally saved Hamilton's entire race. Yes, he got really goddamn lucky on this one. And yeah, I'll openly admit, on Twitter as I was watching it, I said drive-through penalty for what I think should they have, they should have given out. But I also thought, okay, on replay, there's enough mitigation here. From I think Karun Chandok said it best during Sky's coverage. Both cars could have done more to avoid a collision here, but given it was an, a, a collision caused by Hamilton, given the corner, we're talking a 180 miles an hour corner here. Yeah, yeah and the, 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 the implication danger, that Max, to, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah there, there's this implication that Max could have done more to avoid the incident. He gave Lewis more than a, he gave Lewis a car width going in, and then as mm. he saw Lewis coming across, skating wide of his line, actually opened up the steering to give Lewis more room, and it just, it just wasn't enough. He tried,
0: yeah. he tried. Yeah, you can see Verstappen actively tried to avoid what the inevitable. I think in this case, um, yeah. so you know, I think uh, amazingly after all of this, I think that the stewarding part of it was like the least complicated part of it all. In the end, I was like, yeah, ten seconds, I'm fine I'm with. No, I'm completely yeah, okay. With i don't this. have a problem in
1: ten seconds, which is a shame
0: because and it's a shame the discourse got so ugly afterwards because. At the time, it was hilarious seeing Toto Wolf sending emails in the middle of a race and having yeah, more FIT radio of, of, of Red Bull and Mercedes politicking. Like like that that was hilarious. Like I compared it to Randall out of recess. Like just like just pure snitching. It, I thought it was funny as hell. Of course, it got sour on social media afterwards because that's the least surprising oh, we part of Oh, got the two this. most
1: toxic fan bases, and all perhaps all of motorsport mm. at each other's throats on every page on every form of social media.
0: Ever heard of that phrase when an irreversible force meets an immovable object? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I prefer to call this mutually assured destruction.
0: That's we are a uh, we
2: are at this point like a week removed from the fallout of England versus Italy, that penalty Mm -hmm. kick, the targeted abuse against the three players who all share Mm -hmm. one thing in common more than just the England jersey, and they all miss penalty kicks, and what did we learn from this? Absolutely nothing! Because a whole damn lot of you wanted to end loose your inner Garrett Wilders. Uh, on social media, and it was not. Well, yeah, they, they, they didn't just. The it's problems.
1: not that they learn nothing. It's that they learned that. Well, actually, there's zero fucking consequences for me saying these things on social media. I,
2: I What's bad when both now? parties uh, involved in running the FIA and Mercedes have to issue a joint. Every constructor had a, a joint issue a statement saying, "Yeah, this all this racist bullshit that you're spewing on social media that is fucked up and that is terribly fucked
3: up." But you know, you know who didn't issue a statement. The other driver involved in that answer.
0: (laughs) Says a lot, doesn't it? I hope Mm it not be the the first time Max sat on his hands. Fair.
1: Just as well, Max has also posted himself in the hospital, himself at home, and nothing else since then. Nope. Total radio silence.
0: Max. Just like like the last time. Max
2: is... I get it. Max is going to be upset, but I hope... Everybody remembers how indignant they were seeing Lewis Hamilton win this race and saying that that's the biggest bullshit argument. That's the biggest bullshit I've ever seen in a race. I hope everybody remembers how indignant they acted on that day. If inevitably Max Verstappen comes in with a premeditated wreck on Lewis Hamilton to try and pat out the lead,
1: That's not going to happen.
2: I hope it doesn't happen. happen.
1: RJ, it's not going to happen because if it does happen they'll just we have precedent for this Michael Schumacher 1997 they're just going to kick him out of the championship
3: yeah and and it's in max's best interest to finish every race because on average he's going to finish better than Hamilton anyway that that's that's the thing going faith forward in
2: your driver and your team you're thinking max is going to be fine in the launcher. okay If he's not, if he's not, if he doesn't have his bell run, I think maybe the worst thing that's happened down the season, he's going to take a power unit penalty because that whole chassis is a damn write-off.
1: Yeah, that car is a write-off. Yeah.
2: So I'm thinking that's probably the worst thing that's going to happen. But categorically speaking, this Red Bull is so far ahead of the Mercedes right now, I'm thinking I would stop. Cat catastrophizing that this championship is over because Lewis Hamilton cut the lead down to eight points <laughs> with one race to go
1: before the summer break in a 23-race season. where well, We're not even close to halfway yet. All Max needs... Max can't dwell on this. You know what Max needs to do? Go keep doing what he already was doing. Yeah. He had a 33-point lead. Uh, his car is... So far as we can tell, categorically faster than the Mercedes right now. This was Mercedes land. They were dominant here before the turbo hybrid era. And in the sprint race, Red Bull beat the fucking brakes off of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He has the
1: car, he has the team, and he he has the talent. He can't dwell on this. Move on.
0: Yeah, I I saw a lot of people make comments that, oh, well, this just proves that Hamilton's got better composure, to which I say, you've not been watching this season very closely.
1: Matt Lewis is the one who made the mistake.
0: Yep. And Lewis has made multiple mistakes over the course of this season. He made a big one in the sprint race by giving Verstappen track position back. So he blew the start. He blew the start, and he gave Verstappen all the wiggle room in the world to take pole position in the sprint, and he was looking good to retain the lead on the most important lap of the Grand Prix, the first lap. Because we also had a sprint race played out, and we knew if stappen had got a clear lead at the end of the first lap, he was probably going to go off into the distance again. Max, if Max has, has got any wits about him, if he, if he really has matured as a Grand Prix driver since the early days where he turned a lot of incidents into, dod, into dodgems and bumper cars... He'll know that he's got every tool in his arsenal to win this championship right here and now. And If If he's a
1: future world champion, this is where he proves it.
0: Yeah, and I I don't see any reason to doubt that. And if anything, the person that needs to sit down and think about what they need to do to try and mitigate this gap, it's Lewis Hamilton. This is the most human Hamilton's looked into at least 2018. And don't get me wrong, we are comparing him to the godlike status that his 2019 and 2020 seasons were but if the, the the harshest thing we can say about Max as a driver this year was a couple of track limits excursions yeah. he's been pretty outstanding
1: the harshest so, thing i can say oh. is his response on social media after and when you've got one side of the when you've got one fan base who didn't need any excuse to be a bunch of racist assholes, given mm. an excuse, mm. and you've got the other fan base in Max's mentions disappointed that he wasn't sufficiently injured to miss Hungary. You're gonna be a little bit pissed off.
0: Yeah, it's it's it's
1: both both you... fan bases come out of this looking like total fucking clown shows. One of
2: the one brings out the worst in fucking people. More often than not, we saw it here. We saw it after Canada in 2019. It's people want to tell me that this is the these are the most educated and sophisticated fans in all of motorsport.
1: When when I see them, I'll let them know. You know, to that point, you know when everyone's when everyone calls each other's frauds. When I see Sebastian Vettel's four world championships, by the way, Sebastian Vettel, what the fuck was that in the race? Such a good weekend down the drain after six laps. I digress. When I hear people call every result they don't like a fluke, I just think, hmm. You know, in the pinnacle of motorsport, I'd like to think that someone couldn't fluke a championship or four world championships or seven world championships and race wins and qualifying positions and so on. I'd like to think that those... I'd like to think that the pinnacle of motorsport isn't a fluke.
0: Because, and to, to follow on from our day, and this segues as nicely to the reaction in the aftermath of all of this, if there's one thing I've learned over my years on Twitter, and I've been very vocal on Twitter over the years, and everybody else in this room knows that, it's that sports rivalry is based off hate. It's not based off love and respect and sportsmanship no. and appreciation. No,
1: Pure, unfiltered it's Hatred.
0: Yes, it's based on irrational, paranoid hatred. And this was the biggest walk-in example of that and this is just speaking from personal experience and because I've been on Twitter since twenty ten talking about Formula One in some capacity. You're dealing with the Hamilton fan base, which is an incredibly defensive fan base, because they feel like their man is constantly under attack. Sometimes rightly, sometimes wrongly. And obviously, the the extreme end of the wrong, we saw on Instagram this past weekend. We saw on social media this weekend. But also, he. there's a lot of people that feel like they have this persecution complex, that Lewis is beyond criticism, and that any sort of outside mitigation, like this, like, I'll give you an example last year. I talked a lot about how great the W11 was as a racing car. I mean, shit, it won 11 out of the 17 races we had last year. And I was like, yeah, could have easily won 14, 15 of those 17 rounds. And I got carpet bombed by people, even people I would consider friends on Twitter saying, you're being disrespectful to Hamilton's achievements, and I'm like, well, no, because there's a thousand people in that factory in Brackley that put together the car to make him a success.
1: Yeah, like, the same that- people who were bigging up the, all those thousands of people back in Brackley have been crucifying them and insulting them this year because the W12 just isn't quite there.
3: Yeah. swings the roundabouts. Because as much as people say they care about the employees who work for the team. As much as the fans say that,
1: like they don't realize that like they only care when they're, when they're putting their driver in a position to win.
3: Yeah. Where, where formula one is never, and has never been an individual sport. The driver is a part of a system
1: always has been those, those individuals at each team, doing a good job, doing a bad job, and everything in between, they are as responsible for the result out on track as the person behind the car, as the people in the pit lane, Mm. and as everyone else there.
0: Yeah, and the problem is we as an audience care far, far more about the fleshy bit behind the wheel than anything else. And that's not just Formula
1: One. That's no. that's every that's every form of motorsport out there. That's every form of mm. sport out there.
0: Sport out there, absolutely. That's you know. uh, a
1: team sport.
0: Mm. Yep. Yeah, you know. You look but at, the you, thing you, is, in you know. in
3: most other sports, we can see that, and uh, mm. most other sports, it's team first. Of course, uh, this
1: racing's weird. It's different. Drivers have cruise. a lot of it. A lot of it's behind the scenes. A lot of it's things you don't see until the end of the year when. The winning team gathers all of those employees outside the the, uh, the factory and takes a picture of them. Yeah,
3: it's it's like, it, I'd say it's past a certain level in motorsport where drivers have weird cults of personalities around them, where people say, like, Even compared to basketball that we follow a lot, it it gets well past that. And basketball, it gets bad sometimes. But on F1, people will say ridiculous things about drivers and go to defend drivers, like, to unrelenting, like, to ridiculous circumstances to justify supporting them.
0: I was yeah, going to say, that, like, it, it's it's a huge it's a huge personality driven sport. And even more so, I would say, in the last couple of years, I think Drive to Alive is had a factor in that as well huh? because it's a lot.
1: Well, we see we see a lot more of that personality yeah. because we're yeah. just it's a more connected sport. Formula One was one of the last major series to get on the social media bandwagon. Thanks, Randy. now it's now it's just content all hours of the day, yeah. every day. But again,
3: yeah. uh, but again. We go back to these teams being, you know, massive groups of thousands of people. Like the the public facing side of the driver's personalities are highly curated and manufactured by a public relations department. Like Yeah, massively.
0: <laughs> massively. Like and that goes to everybody. So when you compare that incredibly defensive Hamilton fan base to the incredibly aggressive Verstappen fan base, the guy that in my opinion and correct me if I'm wrong here, is curated to be the personality of the old school, the Ayrton yep. Senna, the mad aggressive guy, the, I will, the I'm will, i going to run over a line of puppies if it means it's, it will win me a Grand Prix. That sort of ruthless aggression vibe that has made him the superstar that he is now. I have no doubt about that. It's, it's made him a tremendous racing driver and he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats. I am dead certain on that. But the thing with me is is that those two fan bases can't coexist. And unfortunately a lot of them this was from- the
1: spark that lit the powder keg
0: yeah this this was it because they now feel that Verstappen for the first time in his career has a genuine chance to win this championship and they've now just had a gap that he's curated over the last month very very well the the, the best run of his career we've ever seen from Max Verstappen has essentially been picked up and thrown in the trash for an accident that wasn't his fault and of course people are looking for an outlet for their frustration and, of course, chuck in the fact that, unfortunately, that country's not got a great reputation when it comes to handling race. We saw it yeah. last year during race races 1.
1: That's a soft way to put it.
0: I'm being kind here. I'm being very generous when yeah, I say we're, this we're, is we're the we're,
3: country. Not, we're not swinging hard like, the well, there's your
1: problem.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> and I, can, and I can tell you that we know some people who live in those parts that are sick mm. of how
0: their... Uh, their compatriots act. Let's just yeah. say, yeah, let, as they let, should if, be. Yeah. Let's just say, one country came up with the hashtag of "kneeling is for idiots" last year. I'll give you a hint, and it may surprise you. It wasn't the UK. <laughs> it's, so it, it's not. Know, it's not very very well, like, it very
1: well could have been. <laughs> oh God! It's not the country
2: that gave us flare arse, man. It's not the country that gave us the Amazing. Captain Tom ceramic
0: bomb. Now, <laughs> so unfortunately, unfortunately
3: it's the country that gave
1: us stir waffle.
0: But here we are.
1: Oh, my God. And it's uh, it's been just between disposable. the Formula One discourse between these two fan bases, between what happened in NASCAR over the weekend. Um, I'll, I'll TLDR it. They flew the green flag and it was still raining.
2: Mm hmm.
1: And uh, between W, like, I am so just spent on motorsport. (laughs)
2: This was a
3: tiring
2: weekend.
1: This was everything wrong with motorsport fandom on display for the world to see. That's, that's why i just don't interact. <laughs> you you, you yeah. can't interact, but it means that you, you you can't even look. You just have to turn your phone off and run. Do you know do you know how fucking angry i was that this
2: race ended up in between the Hamilton for sap and wreck. And in between Hamilton taking the lead and somehow this is the worst thing to happen to motorsport since Le Mans 55. There was a whole lot of nothing. You know what I didn't want to do?
1: Have to check the timeline out of boredom because there was nothing going on in this race. Yeah, the race, the the clash of the titans ended with one of those titans in a wall because nothing happened in this race. Yep. DRS trains galore. Lewis had a coughing, spluttering Ferrari to go and catch. By the way, Charles Leclerc drive of the season contender. Um, Charles Leclerc almost made see, that's his That's something else. Something else. If I'm Mercedes, I am pissing myself. With Max out of this race, they did not dominate. They were comprehensively quicker than everyone else in the second stint on hard but, tires. They, they did not dominate this race. But uh, that's a I don't know.
3: It's, the the they had to earn it narrative is a bit
1: because with it, it, no, it, it's not that it's not that they had to just the fact that f- in the first stint Lewis couldn't catch Charles, which is just a weird visual when you get when you realize where Ferrari is relative to Mercedes, mm.
0: it's what open air does for you, but uh, yep. <laughs> no, look, I. I t- and this this was one week after the Hamilton Commission report came out as well. I'm just sitting there just going, it's it's not it's, it's not a good week in the UK for for black athletes, the education system, and we'll be talking about Hamilton Commission down the road at some point. But just it's not been a good week for yep. black athlete relations in the UK. And really, what made and I I talked about this a little bit on stream as well, but I just said what startled me about this the most. Was how many high profile and prominent figures in F1 were surprised that this had happened? To which I said, Have you read a newspaper in the last week? Like, this was inevitable.
1: Have you been on F1 social media at all? This is always, this is always boiling under the surface. You see hints of it on the timeline. Cause for this a, time it just look, boiled over. Because for the most part, the teams honestly just don't care.
3: So what happens on social media doesn't affect. No, but, what the, happens sport, on but track. the sport
1: themselves just don't no. just don't seem to keep track of it.
0: No, look, they don't care, and like I find it startling. I said I find it startling that so many people were surprised this was going to happen. Where if you're a black guy in the UK and you've read a newspaper in the last week, this was inevitable. This was mm. always <laughs> going to happen. Like. Like, F1 was, like most trends, F1 are extremely late to this. The, like, the new, the newest brand, and I hate even using this, the newest wave of racism, i.e. going after people on Instagram, has been a thing in the UK with football for the better part of a year. Wilfred Sahar was the first major victim of this for Crystal Palace, and this was at the start of the last Premier League season back in August. It's happened to him. Fucking rampant. Raheem Sterling, of course, the Euro incident. Marcus Rashford has had it multiple times. You know, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Jude Bellingham, who plays for Dortmund. This has been a thing for a year. Now, I'm not saying you've got to follow football necessarily to be on the pulse here, but this this was front-page news in the UK. And the Euros was the biggest example of that, and obviously the massive outpouring of national debate and talk and controversy that came as a direct result of this. Like... I can't believe that F1 was so tone deaf to think there was oh, This is no way this could happen. And it's having all these PR departments having to scramble out statements saying, but we as won guys. Racism is bad. And I'm just like, are you new here?
3: Yeah. Like, like uh, most of the statements that came out were mainly it, it didn't feel like it was, it didn't feel like them telling people to stop. It was mainly them saying, oh, it's not our fault this is happening. No, it's Trinkes the bar.
1: Back. The bar was melted into a puddle on the floor and Formula One as a whole still managed to trip over it. Cause like,
3: Genuinely, when it comes to this happening in the U.S., it only happens in in baseball. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. happen in it doesn't ha- it doesn't really happen in football or basketball because they're black majority sports. So yeah, Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: baseball yeah. and okay. ice hockey, on the other hand,
0: <laughs> oh. yeah. yep. white matter. Yep. White white and white. And so, again, Formula One is a ninety. There's a ninety percent plus white sport, it's, it's, and unfortunately, it's the upper nineties. So yep. you know, it's it you know, it's, it's, the Hamlet, it's the Hamilton Report who's in his own team. What
2: did we make but, of every single like, the, big, the, the core three at Red Bull winding this up from Horner's like, you know, I hope he's proud of himself you know, honestly, being an eight-time world champion Helen Marco saying he should be suspended for a race. Honestly, that's normal. That I,
3: I yeah. don't, like, I'm not surprised. What they did was not bad because, again, they didn't make
1: it about race. <laughs> No, no, they were they were at worst unprofessional and angry that oh, um, well, well, north of a million dollars just got written off in a cost cap era. Yeah, mm-hmm. their driver was in a fifty-one G crash and thankfully doesn't appear to be concussed, but they didn't know that at the time. Um, angry team principal and team staff angry that their driver got taken out. Yeah, that's fine. Who fucking cares? That's fine. And it's Helmet Marco. Like, (laughs) who cares what he has to say anymore? Yeah, we need need to
0: as a whole.
2: No, we need to (laughs) stop feeding the troll that is Doctor Marco. In general, we need to try our best to at least feed him less.
1: Yeah, but people tried to throw this on Red Bull that they were inciting a mob. They were mad. No. cooler heads will prevail in the next couple days we'll all move on I hope so the I... people the people on social media who wanted to be racist they didn't need a fucking excuse Yeah, thank
0: yeah. you thank yeah. you I saw so many people spin this up like oh well Red Bull fan the flames no, as guys who like me that have been on the receiving end of this trust me when I tell you this if you want to be racist to someone on the internet you do not need any extra help
3: Yeah. And like, Mm -mm. this is box standard for just sport in general. Teams will not only be emotional when something bad happens to them, but also advocate for
1: penalties. Like, this is normal. Yeah. The the gesturing that Red Bull's going to go hire a lawyer, honestly, I think it's just (laughs) hot air. (laughs) I, 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 I think it's hot air.
3: One. Also also number one, they don't have to hire a lawyer. They have a legal department.
1: They <laughs> yeah, you've got well, your own legal department. Every team's You're- got one. Yeah. So like, it, it's just hot air. They're just angry. Would be like, ignore you, them, and they're whining. Would be funny yeah, if that had is, actually we,
2: gone through huh. down the road, and Hamilton did get suspended, so now we can say that Max Verstappen only won because they lawyered up to get Hamilton suspended for this, <laughs> and because he had the best car.
0: <laughs> well, well, maybe Lewis shouldn't have missed the corner. Yeah. yeah, look, it's... it's I said it. I said it on Twitter to to, to a good friend of the show, Stuart, uh, a couple a couple of hours ago. I said, "Don't look at F one team bosses as team bosses. Look at them as politicians, and it find and you'll find that their reactions are far more relatable in the in the, yeah. in the grand context are, of sports. They have fundamentally
1: to, they are uh, politicians. Yeah. they have
0: they have they have nothing to lose in saying, hey." Maybe they should suspend Hamilton for a race. The worst thing that will happen to them is that they'll get dunked on for a couple of hours on social media, and that's and, irrelevant. And the upside <laughs> is, Hamilton does get suspended for race. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? What They have nothing to lose. <laughs> Right? And yes, everyone Everyone on Twitter will say that they're whining and they're being bitchy. Well, of course they are. That's the point. Toto Wolf literally ran to the steward's office. The first chance he could get to plead his case yeah. is like, no, Michael the email.
1: They're all as bad as each other. Some are even worse than yeah. each other, but, you know, uh, Ferrari isn't really in a title fight, so they don't get a chance to, you know, use vetoes and shit. No, no, circling yeah. back to the
3: emails thing, I do find it hilarious that uh, Ever since the FIE started, ever since FOM started broadcasting messages to race control, Toto's mm. refused to talk to Michael Massey over the radio and just sends emails. Yeah,
2: he just <laughs> sends a wine.
1: And Michael Massey I hope is, this I email remember, finds you well. I
2: hope. <laughs> Michael Massey is deeply relatable because I barely check my emails either, <laughs> <laughs> for better and for Fat. worse. Hello, uh, admittedly, what what am I going to be sent? Uh, Tailor made job postings that are not what I'm looking for. Spam yep. email, advertising solicitations from a certain male grooming company.
1: Who knows? Know.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who knows? Well, let me tell you about the lawnmower 4.0. Whoa, well, whoa, well, wait, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Well, well, the check hasn't cleared yet. Um, I don't know, but the I don't point know. is, is
0: that look they politicians. It's their job to be angry. It's their job to literally throw their toys out of the pram. Yeah, they, They're
1: more or <sighs> less... The, they
0: are their team's
1: liaison to the FIA. Yeah, we They are politicians.
0: Like we, we, we just don't like that on social media, even though I guarantee if every one of these motherfuckers are in Christian Horner's shoes, they do the exact same goddamn thing. Oh, if rules are reversed, oh God,
1: everyone yeah. still deserves the same penalties, mm-hmm. and all the same equivalent people on the other side are going to be saying the same things. Yeah, yeah exactly. where it's like,
3: how could Toto say these things? Look at everyone on social media being insensitive
1: about the Dutch. Oh, my <laughs> God. Where's Nigel Powers? Implausible
0: Impossible! No. Like, no. It was, okay, it, like, what Red Bull did was a perfectly normal sense of team principle anger. It is not an excuse. And the worst thing you could say is that you could, you could say that Red Bull was slightly unprofessional. Even so, it does not excuse the disgusting behaviour of people that had to go onto an Instagram page and start hitting monkey emojis on their on on Merck's and Hamilton's Instagram pages, which they know full well. Instagram have have publicly said it themselves that it bypasses their own terms of service. Yep. That,
1: so, Maybe they should change their terms of service then.
0: So, you know, if, if you want to be angry about the situation, maybe put some pressure on these social media sites to change their outdated and shambolic terms of service in the yeah. grand scheme of things. You Stop see the shit, report it. Yeah. yeah, that's what that, the Premier the League social boycott
2: do. was for. Formula One people who wanted to just stay quiet for a weekend just so they could get good person points. That's kind of the point of what they were going for.
3: Yeah, yeah. where it's like, hey, if you don't change your terms of service, we're just not going to use your service.
2: I I still maintain that, like, looking back on it, the the least deliberately unsporting thing that Lewis Hamilton has ever done in a race was Australia 2009. And that's something I forget about, like, 80% Mm. of the time. This was more just a careless accident uh, that obviously cost Verstappen a lot of points. But in the end, I feel like Verstappen's going to get that back. That it definitely doesn't excuse a lot of the behavior of Verstappen's fandom, especially. uh, there, there's a lot of bad behavior on the Hamilton side, of the fandom, but for the uh, um, a lot of the anti-Hamilton behavior and the anti-blackness side in social media, that's that's fucking inexcusable. This, yeah, this if you if,
1: if you look at this and the first thing you decide to do is to go be racist towards Lewis over it, go fuck yourself.
0: Yeah, and Austin uh, F1, please don't turn a blind eye to this. Please do not say they're not F1 fans. They are. That's why they're doing it in the first place. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is part of your fan base. Yeah. If yeah. if you don't acknowledge that
3: part of your fan base is problematic, you're never gonna fix the problem because you're gonna be like, oh
0: it's it not it ba- us. It bails <laughs> them out. Yeah. 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 Andre, should we talk about this should we talk about the sprint thingy?
2: Yeah, the, the the race that wasn't a race. They'll tell you that it's not a race, it's a sprint. It's the first running of the Formula 1 Sprint Series. It's a brand new format designed to make the weekend more interesting. They line up based on the results of Friday <clears throat> pre-sprint qualifying. As we mentioned, Lewis Hamilton became the first Pirelli Speed King Award winner. Congratulations, he has won the King of Speed, the title track of Daytona USA. Uh, and of course, he lost out to Max Verstappen, who won the sprint comfortably. They all celebrated with a lap of honor on a shoddily made bus sponsored by a crypto firm with old school REITs oh. making return. Because I say we, got we, REITs. we got REITs <laughs> back, and George Russell finished top 10 in a race
1: structured event that is totally not a race that didn't pay points. Could you imagine, Holy. like, only George Russell could finish P nine <laughs> in a race session.
2: I don't you know, want to go back and not mean,
1: score points.
2: I know we just talked about the Hamilton for Stappen thing for a good fifty minutes, but could you imagine how wild weekend had to be? Where George Russell not scoring points again is like not even in the top five most upsetting storylines of a Grand Prix weekend. <laughs> not at this even close.
1: Yeah, because he just he just dropped like a stone in the race, yep. uh, mm. basically from lap one.
2: Uh, so, now that we've seen this in action, what
1: do we think of the
2: Formula One sprint, not a race, but it
1: looks like a race, but it's not a race? You know, I I look at it as, um, you know, I'm a sneaker guy. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, I I think that Nike's been very innovative, that now on sneakers, they're sending me air shoes that are just 100% air. (laughs) <laughs> I just have to perceive them, and um, that's that's how much of a nothing burger sprint sprint qualifying was. Yeah, like I would put sprint
3: qualifying in the Meh. It's more of the same. Uh,
1: like it, it- no, because because it, it's not. It's more of the same minus any strategy. Yep. Any tire preservation. Yep. Nope. And any points payout beyond the podium places. Yep. Like,
3: honestly, if... God, I, I hate that the team's so hardly fought against the idea of any partly inverted grid ideas FOM wanted to try out in sprint qualifying. Just, like, literally anything to make this holistically different and more exciting. They're like, let's not
1: do that. Well, because you have to think, uh, who? how would they decide the reverse grid if in Q3... Nobody went out because they're all trying to get tenth in Q3. Yeah, well, Wh- whoever's furthest back in
3: the garage. Well, I'm pretty sure they would find a workaround for that. Like, give points for qualifying instead of the sprint.
0: Yeah, I was going to say they might do what touring cars did in the in the BTCC, yeah, where they oh, they draw a number out of a hat for the, half of the yeah, amount make of positions it random, so they random So you don't
1: know <laughs> between like maybe but six. But and the 10. problem is that un- unless it pays the same amount of points as the race. People are going to try and get in the best position possible for the race itself, because it's just worth more points. And, you know, next year might not be such a big deal with the dirty air. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, with these cars, track position is so much more important than anything else.
2: I will say that the Formula One sprint is
1: a success in one
2: regard. It's inconclusive whether or not this was a failure. I don't think it was a total failure, nor it was... uh, In short, I think I need to see, like, a couple more of these before I really get an opinion on whether or not I like this. But this didn't flop nearly as hard as 2016 elimination qualifying. Yeah, nothing ever could. This wasn't as overly stupid and complicated as aggregate one-shot qualifying from the mid-2000s.
3: Yeah, this this didn't flop, but there are certain things that are almost universally dislike from from the branding which they since uh one thing that, that Ross Brown was dead cerned on was that whoever starts the Grand Prix first is winner of pole people mm-hmm. obviously don't like that people feel like no whoever's fastest in the actual qualifying session on Friday should be should be called the pole sitter hey, people were yeah, trying, trying to when when people, Nico Rosberg uh,
2: about it I
0: was just going to say that yeah like remember I was like people were giving Nico Rosberg the well actually treatment because he dared speak out against that idea <laughs> thing is
3: like after the race on on after race on Sunday most of the team principals spoke out along the same lines of Ro- as Rosberg, where it's like it's kind of dumb. The person who wins sprint qualifying is the pole, pole sitter, since that's not how like this sports. They even,
1: they even get the pole, uh, the the qualifying pole trophy. Yeah, has mm-hmm. got the little uh, Pirelli tire. So yeah, the the position of speed king is speed very king. redundant. The king and, of speed,
3: and and again, all the other branding around it were. It's where FOM, like, they feel like they're being traditionalist by saying, oh, there's going to be one race in a weekend, which all you do is just make a massive workaround so you don't call sprint qualifying a race, which is, by definition, a race because you're out on track, racing a set distance, wheel to wheel
0: with other cars. By all definitions, it's a race. It's a race. And you could tell, as I mentioned it, Crofty and Brundle were trying really hard to not call it a race. I think they have been. I think they had a whisper in their ear saying, guys, please don't call it a race. And they and were trying man so hard. Not- don't
1: call this a race, dammit! If it walks like a race and talks like a race... It's qualifying. It, yeah. it,
0: it's, it's like it's like when Vince McMahon in the WWE would tell his commentators, don't call the belt a strap. It devalues it. It's like that <laughs> sort of arguments. Um, we're going to put a blue dot over Christian's ugly face. And, and
3: since like, the, obviously, Ross Braun's come out saying that they're willing to make tweaks to the format to see if it works better. Maybe they'll make it shorter. Maybe they'll... Put in more points-paying position, so people further down the field will be more aggressive
1: during the sprint. Like, yeah, but in these cars, it doesn't matter how aggressive you are because there's just a second and a half gap between everyone. Yeah, because that's that's the thing for the most
3: part. Like, if people knew they couldn't make a large amount of positions, they just simply just went around the track.
1: <laughs> yeah, they just they just got home safe. Uh, shame Sergio Perez didn't get the memo because uh, yikes. Hedge and because uh, that's easily why is worth weakening like, in the red. Bull.
3: That's why I'd like some sort of random, you know, grid formation for this sprint race, so people will want to get better track position for the Grand Prix. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. No, like you Fernando Alonso, and you're just like vibing, vibing multiple times across the Hangar Straight.
1: Weavey, 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 weave, 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 weave. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think it's really compatible with the current cars. No. I would have preferred to see it trialed next year, see what the new cars can produce in terms of racing, because as it stands, it's just the first stint of an F1 race without tire preservation. Right. If it's you can't just, pass yeah. in, the pri- in the primary race, you're sure as hell not going to be able to pass here.
2: You just think yeah. of it as a longer race, but it's spread out over two days, which is a weird way of thinking well that's how and, the f- that's how the first ever grand prix was one long race
3: over two days
0: and this this is the problem you kind of gave the game away here because i was less enthusiastic about the sunday grand prix having watched the sprint race knowing that Verstappen was faster in race trim. Yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm si- I'm going to bed on Saturday night now, thinking, well, barring shenanigans, Verstappen's probably won this race. Now, obviously, that didn't happen on the Sunday. We got, on I, we got certainly got shenanigans. We got shenanigans. But the point is, you don't bank on shenanigans going into a race weekend. You get two or three of those a year on an average F1 season. Yeah. You know, we, we've already used up our allocation rad- for that, apparently. So, though, th- though,
3: pulling pulling back the curtain, like. The reason why they did this was clear once everyone still tuned in for qualifying on Friday. Now, like, F1 just inadvertently made their TV rights a third more valuable because, hey, you get three competitive race days. Over a Grand Prix weekend now, qualifying more competitive on, races, yeah. more butts <laughs> in
2: seats on Saturdays, With, baby. Yeah, which is what, yeah, qualifying oh, on
3: Friday, sprint on Saturday, race on Sunday, which is what I said from seats. day one. Yep. This is
0: what I said from day one. Ross Braun didn't have to compare it to T Twenty cricket. He didn't have to compare it to the hundred to say, oh, you know, this is why we think this is awesome. Just say we think we've got more meaningful action over a weekend by doing this, even though FP2 is you even more redundant
3: now. You can't say that because then that's just you blatantly saying, I just want more money. No one likes that. <laughs> it's just,
1: it's it's just more content. Yeah.
0: Indeed. And that's not inherently a bad thing. It's just in the context of where the sport is at at the moment – it was not going to move the needle anything more than what we've already got. Um, and I think we're going to... This experiment was better off being trialed next year when we have the new car package, I think. Th- they- th-
3: well, the thing is, they were always going to trial it this year. It was just assumed that they yes, year the yeah, it would yeah, be the first is, year with um, the new regulations.
0: Yeah, this year wasn't meant to
3: exist. Oh, and that's, it was and really they crazy. want to trial it as soon as possible because we're at the point where a lot of TV contracts are up for renewal. So it's ah, like, hey, ah. if we give you a viable product now, it's like, hey, this is what you will get under the new contract. If-
0: yeah, three, three days of action, three days of action. now I get it. I don't think it's objectively terrible. I think it was fine for the most part. I just think that it was not the solution that the the sport is trying to solve. And that's also, come from what, the what class, it does is the it format.
1: it takes the tension out of regular qualifying anyway, because you know that isn't actually where people are starting.
3: Yeah, but it is where that's they're it. starting for the sprint. <laughs> But that's not the race, kid.
0: <laughs> <Well>, it <laughs> is a race. No, it isn't a oh, race. It is. uh, like I, I quit, think yeah. it
3: would like I, I like it, but it's not different enough. They need yeah, to do no. something to make it more different, more unpredictable. Truly but, what they advertise it as.
0: I was like, King, if you're gonna, if you're gonna open Pandora's box and change the weekend format for the first time in over a decade and a half, go all the way with it invert yeah. the top eight spots or something like that. Make it, like, make the other guys have to work a bit harder. Don't no, get me wrong, I know no team would ever agree to this, because why would you want to give up your slice of the pie? Yeah, because they didn't agree to
3: it before, which is how we got to this, and yeah, I, think, exactly. I think I think, again, it's to the point where it's like hey, if the FOM can get the FIA in board, they don't need the team to agree to it they just force through
0: the change John, listen up. Mm. <laughs> well, he ain't going to be president for much longer. So, <laughs> John, t- tell your next man. All right, well, listen, listen. Get a nice lorry wheel on Friday night after the qualifying session. You did a good job of putting that at six p.m. That was a good move. It was a clever move. People can get home from work. Yeah, good thinking. Good thinking. Because I did, I did say that that was going to be a problem. They actually addressed that. that was yeah, a clever they're like,
3: move. late on Friday, like pretty much as late on Friday as they could put it.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it was it was six PM UK times. So most most people here finish work at five in the UK, so they could get home and watch it. Good thinking. Get a big old lottery wheel, put a whole bunch of balls labeled between five and ten. Have one pull out of the hat at random, and that's how many positions you invert. Like solved because the <clears> thing, thing is,
3: because uh, I always talked about them doing this like for the race between you know qualifying in the race originally where they sort of do what the NBA does where the NBA for the NBA have the draft lottery, which is, yeah, uh, it's not completely random. It's weighted based on it's how weighted. bad you are. I yeah. think F1 should do it for the sprint, but it's weighted on how well you do in qualifying. So you're more likely to be upfront if you do well in qualifying, but it's not guaranteed.
0: So like you would do maybe like 25% of the balls maybe at five and then maybe like 20 at six and then like, you know, 17 yep. at seven or something like that. Yeah. Um, so
3: so teams still have a reason to push during qualifying, though there'll still be the off chance. It's like, oh, we we were on pole, but I guess we drew, we drew the seven ball. So we're
0: starting like seven. We drew ten. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like... That actually, that I'd actually pay him because I think the British Touring Car Championship did that for a good while. And it was, it was universally liked. They even got one of the drivers to pull the ball out of the hat. It was like, yeah. oh, look, it's robusting. Just, Rob Austin.
3: just make nine. it less predictable.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Like, like, the, I'm a cricket fan. Part of the joy of watching Test cricket is going to bed thinking what could happen the next day. And the sprint race took that away. And that was my biggest problem with the format as a whole. So, yeah, I think that would be... I'd actually be all for that. said so if you're going to open Pandora's box and change a well-liked weekend format, go all the way with it. Don't hold back on this, because this was too similar to what the Grand Prix ended up being. And that's exactly. not great. <laughs> Should we get out of here uh, before we inevitably get abused on Instagram? Yeah. Um, places you can find this real quick. YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Thanks for watching and subscribing, everybody. Uh, thanks to everyone on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter, at motorsport underscore 101. We've got RJ O'Connell. You can follow him on there. At Harrison101HD for me. At Ryan Eric King for Ryan. And at C Buckley 917 for Cam. We're on Instagram, motorsport101pod. Check us out there if you haven't already. Um, and of course, you can back us financially on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Uh, five bucks gets you all the audio episodes on early access. Ten bucks for the video version and live access via supporters. Uh, Club on our Discord server. We'll be back next week to talk the penultimate round in the Formula E Championship. We're going to London, baby. My hometown at the XL Centre. It's going to be uh, interesting given that layout, given the challenges that that's going to be on. That's going to be a very interesting weekend of racing, I think, indeed. And we'll break all of that down on next week's show. But until then... I've been Dre Harrison, they've been R.J. O'Connell, the, the Ryan Eric King, and Cam Buckley. We're gonna go off and have a huge fight.
2: See you next week. Signera. <laughs> Congratulations to the Baltic Dynasty, Circle K Racing. Did it again on the highways and byways of Balenga, uh, nice y'all. Yeah.
3: Bye, I can't believe they did it, despite being four
1: laps down at one point. <laughs> You might bring a GT3 car, but you can't beat Circle K. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're 7-Eleven. Then you're out of luck, pal.